What is up, fight fans? It is recap time here at the Fight Talk podcast today, all about UFC 273, just a few days ago. Um, we have had an eventful weekend. I had like four wrestling shows in two different states. Steven Jensen's probably watched so much wrestling in the last two weeks that, uh, that like me, when, when it was fight time, it was like, okay, cool, it's nice to be in a cage for once. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to change it up, uh, do some MMA <laughs> uh, viewing after, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the whole, like, WrestleMania week and weekend and the collective and just all the stuff that was going on, yeah, the, great stuff, Be- best time ever to be a wrestling fan. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I know you've been busy as well, uh, making the towns and all that stuff, so... Yeah, it's good. It's good that we're back here uh, to be able to talk about UFC 273 because, uh, you know, for people who listen to this, we mainly are just kind of covering the uh, the UFC pay-per-views now because there's so much, so many of these uh, fight nights just kind of don't have, there's not enough meat on the bone to do full podcasts, if I'm being completely honest. So it's nice, like, to be able to get here, like, once a month with me and Moe's here and, like, you know, talk some, talk some MMA. Yeah, we have one to talk about for sure. Talk about talking about meat on the bone. UFC 273 had all kinds of meat on the bone, kicking off with the main event featherweight championship on the line and defended Alexander Volkanovsky with a TKO finish in the fourth round over Korean Zombie, bro. What a performance by the champ. Yeah, Volkanovsky looked awesome. Um, he's just faster, more powerful, just. I mean, like everything he was hitting Zombie with was snapping Zombie's head back, and uh, Zombie just he couldn't get anything going. Like he, you know, he landed a couple good shots on Volkanovski, but I mean, it was all Volk. Uh, this was this was rough to watch, to be honest. Like, I mean, that's just to, to show you how good Volkanovski is, though. Like, I mean, I don't really take anything away from Korean Zombie. Volkanovski's just on another level, and uh, you know, if this was a late replacement with with Zombie stepping in for Holloway. They were supposed to run the trilogy, Holloway and Volkanovski. But, um, you know, I was one of those people that honestly thought that the zombie had a really good shot in this fight because I was like, if it stays standing, zombie's got a hell of a chin and he has a lot of knockout power. And if it hits the ground, he's done some crazy stuff like landing twisters and arm bars and stuff. Like he's, uh, you know, he's a really well-rounded fighter and he's, you know, super durable but Volkanovski was just way too much for the zombie. And, uh, yeah, great performance for Volkanovski. Yeah, so what, you know, with with uh, Alexander Volkanovski, now we've seen him finish the Korean zombie, wins over T-City, two wins over Max Holloway, Jose Aldo. We know the, the Holloway trilogy was the plan. Uh, what Where do you see, you know, what's next for somebody who's 24-1 and one and who does technically already have two wins over Max? Yeah, and I think part of the reason you just said technically there is because a lot of people think that Max won the second fight. Yeah. Um, and the first fight was pretty close too, but it was it was more decisive for for Volkanovski. Um, I personally I think that Volkanovski won both fights, but I but I completely understand the argument for Holloway in the second fight. Like I that that's really just like a uh, that's like a subjective. As it is with all MMA scoring, unfortunately. Right. Um, but yeah. that's one of those fights that's so close that you can't be mad for either person. Like, they both, it was an incredible fight. They both fought their asses off. And, you know, if there were six judges instead of three, it might have went the other way. I mean, even four judges instead of three are just the two. You know, like, it's just, if you put ten people 
10 people on, on the panel, it would probably have been five and five. You know what I mean? Like it was such a close yep. fight. Um, <clears throat> but as far as what's next for Volkanovsky, he has, a, he has some interesting, uh, interesting options. You know, the Holloway trilogy is right there. I'm totally fine with that. Like Holloway has more than earned his way back to another title shot. And he's, I mean, with his resume at featherweight, he's, he's probably, if not the best featherweight of all time, he's one of the top three or four, depending on how you look at it. Like, I, I think Volkanovsky is probably the best featherweight of all time at this point. And at least in my opinion, after beating Holloway twice, beating Ortega, beating Zombie the way that he did, and his whole rise to get to the title, like knocking off guys like Chad Mendez and stuff, like Volkanovsky, I think might be the best featherweight ever. But like Holloway is right there. Jose Aldo is right there. But once again, Holloway beat Aldo multiple times. So like, that's, you know, it's like, it's hard to say Aldo when Holloway's beating him, and it's hard to say Holloway when Volkanovski's beating him. Um, and then there's also Connor, who the only reason I have him in that in that list is because what he accomplished at featherweight and how fast he did it, and by knocking out Aldo in 13 seconds, like that shit was fucking nuts. And like Connor is underrated, I think, for what he did at featherweight, but it was such a short time, and he never defended the title and stuff. So. I lean towards Volkanovski as being the best featherweight of all time, personally. And that being said, him and Holloway, fine with that. If they, if they do that trilogy, got no problem at all with it. Um, Henry Cejudo is now back in the USADA testing pool. Henry Cejudo wants to fight Alexander Volkanovski for the featherweight title so that he can become a three-weight UFC champion and then also have his gold medal and become quadruple C. Um, I love that idea. Because Cejudo has proven in multiple weight classes that he can be competitive at a world championship level. And his wrestling stylistically would be the hardest thing that Volkanovski's had to deal with. I would actually bet on Cejudo over Volkanovski because of if, if Cejudo gets him on the ground, I think he can hold him there. Um, so that that fight is super interesting because then at the same time. Cejudo has underrated hands, but, like, Volkanovski has way better striking than Cejudo does. So, like, Volkanovski might just piece him up on the feet, and Cejudo never gets close enough to grab him. So it's a really interesting stylistic fight. And then the third option would be Volkanovski moving to lightweight, which is already a really stacked weight class uh, name-wise. But where they're at right now in the division, stylistically— I think Volkanovski should completely avoid Charles Oliveira, like especially because of what happened with Ortega almost getting subbed. Like, you know, I, I think I think Volkanovski is susceptible to maybe getting submitted, and Oliveira is like the last guy you want to fight in any weight class when it comes to submissions, in my opinion. But if Justin Gaethje beats Charles Oliveira for the title, I would totally be down to watch Volkanovski versus Gaethje for the lightweight title because that stylistically is a banger. So, like, those would be my options. So you would either do the the, the Holloway trilogy, the Cejudo uh, title fight, or a light heavy, or sorry, a lightweight title fight against uh, Justin Gaethje if Gaethje beats Oliveira. Yo, all those, so many options, like you let off with for Volkanovski. Great place to be. Personally, man, I, I would love to see him in Cejudo because of, the, the opportunity for Cejudo, but also the opportunity for Volkanovski of if, if he could win by this, I, any form, let alone possibly TKO because of that uh, th that uh, on-your-feet skill he brings, um, that is such a feather in the cap for someone that's already put together this run. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because, like, not only, you know, you're, you're when you beat Henry Cejudo, you're beating a former flyweight champion who never lost his title, a former bantamweight champion that never lost his title, a former Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. Medalist. I mean, that's just crazy, the guy's resume. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then, like, kind of on top of all that, like, I mean, he's the, I mean, Cejudo is the guy that beat Demetrius Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, he's always going to yep. be tied to that, too. Like, you're, 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 you're beating a guy who has a super respected legacy. Um, the whole thing with Cejudo is interesting. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but, like, I feel like, <laughs> let me put it this way. If, if Cejudo wants to fight and he's going to reenter the pool, if I'm Henry Cejudo, I don't take anything other than a title fight. Like, there's no right. way I'm coming back and I'm fighting contenders to get to a title fight. Like, no, like you're you, like triple C's resume speaks for itself. Dana's just butthurt that Cejudo retired out of the blue and then tried to use his retirement to negotiate a bigger contract. And they just basically called his bluff and just let him retire. Um, but it's, and the other thing that I always talk about is I think the featherweight division is the best division in the UFC. And Volkanovski is the king of that division. And when you look at just the list of people, I mean, Suhudo makes all the sense in the world because stylistically with the wrestling and with his resume and the, the former title holders and all that stuff, like he, he, it makes sense for him to jump the line because a lot of the people in the top 10 are coming off of losses right now, or they're matched up against each other. Like Ortega and Yair Rodriguez, I think are supposed to fight soon. And that's going to be incredible. Um, I think Arnold Allen and Calvin Cater are going to fight, and that's going to be incredible. Um, yes. So, so then, but then you have you get kind of the territory of like Josh Emmett and Bryce Mitchell and those guys, and like the bottom half of the top ten, who I think need like another win or so to get into the title mix. So like, but I think they will get there. So it's one of those things where like Cejudo, the timing is like perfect because he can come in, he can fight Volkanovski. And while while that's being promoted and before that fight happens, you let Arnold Allen and Calvin, Calvin Cater fight each other. You let Yair and Ortega fight each other. You let maybe like Emmett and Bryce Mitchell fight each other. Or maybe you do, if Max Holloway is squeezed out of the title mix, you do uh, like Max Holloway and a Josh Emmett or Max Holloway and Bryce Mitchell, something like that. And, and you let the division kind of for, figure itself out. But every single person I've talked about is like a fight of the night bonus machine. Like the featherweight division, all of these matchups are great matchups. Like you could put anyone in the top 15 against anyone else in the top 15. It's going to be fight of the night. So like, so Sudo could come in, get that title shot. It wouldn't screw up anything in the division. Um, And you keep getting banger fights at featherweight and you just kind of let the division figure itself out contenders wise uh, while that's going on. So I, uh, I think Cejudo's personally, I would I want to see Cejudo versus Volkanovski the most out of the options. But the good thing is, I'm never I'm never not going to be down for Holloway versus Volkanovski. <laughs> like I'm, and then of course, if Volkanovski wants to go up and try to get another title belt, he's he's a big featherweight. Like he and he used to fight at lightweight years ago. Like he he'll be fine in that division. I mean, and, and him stylistically against guys like Gaethje and Chandler and and Ferguson and those kind of guys, like it. That that or uh, McGregor uh, Poirier like Volkanovski Poirier would be a fucking banger. Oh. I mean, like so Volkanovski has a lot of options at lightweight, and I think I think he could become the if if Volkanovski fights the same way he fought Zombie against lightweights, I, he could become the lightweight champion. I think. I mean, he, he's I mean, 
he's insanely talented and he's not even he's probably not even in his prime yet which is a scary thing like he's still getting better it looks like yeah no absolutely uh all eyes on the featherweight division all eyes on alexander volkanovsky still champion um in our co-main event i was really curious how you saw this one going aljermaine sterling uh, a split decision win defends the bantamweight championship over the interim champion peter yawn when that when the final bell rang and uh b- before the judges score was read how did you think this fight went so okay so when i watched it live i thought that peter yawn had won rounds one four and five so I would have given it 48-47 to Yon, assuming that everybody's scoring these as 10-8 rounds. Because I have right. to, because I, the 10, the 10 eights or, the, sorry, the, did I say 10-8 or 10-9? Ten, yeah, you said 10-8, but I know you meant 10-9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was assuming they were giving all 10-9 rounds. I Personally, I'm a big advocate for more 10-8s and even 10-7s and stuff, because I, I, I hate the idea that, like, 10-9 rounds can be so different, where, like, Fighter A can like really beat up Fighter B for a whole round and it's a 10-9. And then Fighter B could like barely beat Fighter A the next round and it's a 10-9. Like I feel like that shouldn't be scored the same. But assuming it was scored the way that it was and the way that it normally is, I was assuming they were all going to be 10-9 rounds. So I was I thought that Jan was going to get the win based on winning round one, four, and five. Um, okay. Now, two of the judges gave Sterling round one. And that's the, and that's the one that's split between the fan bases. Who won round one, Yon or Sterling? It was a close enough round that I can't. I'm not calling robbery. Like I, yeah. like I, you know, um, I think the most dominant round of the entire fight was round two for Sterling, and the person who was the closest to winning that fight multiple times was Sterling. Yeah. On the flip side. The way that Yon fought rounds four and five, and the way that Sterling almost kind of seemed like he was giving up in rounds four and five. There's a piece of me that's like, man, if this was a six or seven round fight, Jan would have beat him. Like he would have finished him by the sixth or seventh round probably because Sterling looked like he was breaking in there. So like I'm mixed. <coughs> I'm, I'm mixed in a lot of ways about the whole thing. Um, This split decision busted a four fight parlay that I had that pissed me off. Oh, um, no. <laughs> like, cause I, I've got the other three fights of the four right on it. And, uh, this split decision is what tipped me the wrong way of oh. winning some money. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where like, I can't, when, when a fight's this close, you can't be upset, uh, one way yeah. or the other, the, the real issue that I have, and I want your thoughts on this as well. What you thought here in a second, like, cause I, I want to know who you, who you thought won this, but the, the real issue I have with Algermain Sterling in winning this isn't so much that he won. It's that he won the title by getting kneed in the head illegally. That's not his fault, right? Like I'm not blaming him for that, but this was your chance at redemption and like really proving yourself as the real champion. And like you barely squeak by a split decision. Once again, not blaming him, like saying like, Alderman sucks. Like he doesn't suck. He's a great fighter. He's a, one of the best fighters in the bantamweight division. But when he got on the microphone after the fight, it was a lot of Tyron Woodley type shit that he was saying that really bothers me. When he gets on the microphone, he's talking about wanting to do like movies and like be a celebrity and like all this shit. And I'm like, bro, like this is 
you barely are the champion. Like, nobody takes you seriously as the champion, even after beating Jan just now. And you had every opportunity in the world to just look TJ Dillashaw right in the eyes, who was there front row, just look at him in the eyes and say, hey, TJ Dillashaw, you're a snake. You're a cheater. This title belt that I'm holding, I'm holding because you had to vacate it because you're a cheater. You've always been a cheater. You're always going to be a cheater. I'm going to kick your ass and get you the hell out of my division. Instead, I want to be a movie star. I want to be a celebrity. I'm bigger yep. than this. Like, I'm the man. Also, TJ Dillashaw, you want it? Like, you're next. And it was like, now there's people like me that are like, because I think Dillashaw is going to destroy him. So, like, so now I'm, I was like, you've somehow made me cheer for TJ Dillashaw over <laughs> like, like, which, oh, you know what I mean? Like, Alderman is yeah. becoming unlikable to the point where I'm cheering for guys that I really despise instead of him. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at on it. I'm just, I'm not a fan of, 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 uh, what, Alderman can say whatever he wants and he just won a huge fight and he feels great. And like, I'm, I'm not in that guy's head and, you know, but it's, it's like people don't take you seriously and you, you have, and you, you can win the fans over, like you could win the fans over, but instead you're kind of like going the other direction. But how did you feel about it? Like, who do you think won this fight? And uh, do you think they do Sterling and Dillashaw next? Cause that's what it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. It, um, I, because of how that fight finished to me, I mean, it's so hard. I get being a judge is hard and I understand Every fight's different. Every fight, you even with this, uh, you know this. This is what you're looking for. We all see it differently. So there are times that this, you know, this might make me uh, feel this fight or one. There are various reasons, but for this fight, it was what you said there about at the end of it. Like those last ten minutes or so, you, it was yawn. You felt like those championship rounds, right? I mean, it wasn't. It, it it wasn't the same thing, but it kind of felt like when Robbie beat Matt Brown or not Matt Brown, but uh, Johnny Hendricks, right? It just he put it together and like he ended on that flurry. He was fired up and like for that fight, it felt that's what like everything that happened before was here, but this finish and how how we ended mattered a little more. And that's how I felt about about this fight. I thought Yawn. Won the championship rounds. I think exactly what you said. If that fight goes five more minutes, three more minutes, maybe, I think Sterling is finished. Uh, but I wasn't upset. Like, I, I get it. Split decision, very close. Uh, I, I kind of did the Owen Wilson wow when they said it and then said, you know what, it was close. Um, and then I was pissed after the, like you said, the post match <coughs> promo. I was pissed. And the reason I was pissed, was because exactly exactly right. He called out Dillashaw, and I thought, well, Dillashaw's going to beat that guy. And I go, well, shit, I don't like TJ Dillashaw. I hate where I'm at right now with this. Please, Aljo, get out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be two guys that, like, the fans are not going to be – like, it, like they, both, they both might get booed. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> so um, you've got two heels. You've got two heels. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which, you know, I'm fine with. Uh, I, I think the fight's going to be – pretty entertaining but i just think dillashaw is just gonna there's gonna be way too much for him and footwork yeah the footwork and the speed and the power and his striking and stuff i i, I think that aldro is gonna want to try to take him to the ground but also like yep. yawn yawn is yawn's takedown defense is nothing like dillashaw's i mean dillashaw's a great wrestler so like um yeah i mean but i will also say this 
I personally would have scored round two, 10, eight for Sterling. So like, That's because true. I, you know, because, you know, and, and the main reason is because he, I mean, the, the part, part of what's makes it weird though, is Jan tripped, I believe it was, what would put him in, like, he didn't get like knocked on his ass. He like tripped right. and then Sterling, uh, like capitalized on that as he should. And he had his back for the entire round. And, he worked multiple attempts at, you know, rear naked chokes and transitioned a bunch of times and was advancing position. And so, like, to me, like, if it was me scoring the fight, like, it, assuming it wasn't going to be all 10 nines, <clears throat> I probably would have had it a draw, <clears throat> you know, because I would have had Aljermaine Sterling winning round two, 10-8. So I would have had uh, Jan 10-8 uh, round, sorry, I would have had Jan 10-9 round one, Sterling 10-8 round two, uh Sterling 10-9 uh, round three and then 10-9 round four and five for Jan. Um, but once again, I went into I went into the 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 decision making and the scoring at the end of the fight from the perspective of what I thought the judges were gonna go with with it being 10-9. So yeah. Um, so once again, like I, I mean. And then they could also run this back at some point too and do a trilogy, but I don't. I, that definitely won't be next. Like they're, you know, that's. And then Yawn, I and to be honest, Yawn has some some more to prove now too because, uh, based on his track record and what he'd been doing and the 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 wins he's had and stuff, like he didn't look great against Sterling, not until you know the later rounds. Um, you know, so it seemed like he was a little bit off as well, but. Here, here, you know what? Shout out Alderman Sterling. Like he, he is the champion. He's the undisputed yep. champion now. Um, regardless of how I might kind of feel about him or, and how others might, uh, at the end of the day, he has the balls to get in there into the octagon and and put his life on the line. And he fights at a super high level. And if he did more stuff like the way that he finished Sanhagen, this would be a different story. Because like that was incredible as fuck. Like the way that he was able to just take out. Uh, Corey Sandhagen so quickly like that's super impressive uh, for Alderman Sterling to be able to do something like that but like you know the whole knee to the head the barely winning this fight like it's it, it's it's like when you look at the Bantamweight division I'm gonna pull up the rankings real quick so like Alderman Sterling is the champion but like I think Peter Yan's a better fighter I think TJ Dillashaw's a better fighter I think Jose Aldo is arguably still maybe a better fighter um, Corey Sanhagen got worked by Sterling, but I think a rematch looks a lot different. Um, so it's one of those things where Sterling's the champion, but I feel like there's like three or four people in the division that are like better than he is, which is kind of weird, but it's not the only time that's happened. I mean, I remember when Michael Bisbing was the middleweight champion and like, like the, everyone else in the top 10 were like better fighters, but he, but he right place, right time, beat Rockhold yep. in the right circumstance. And like, no one could take that from him. He was the champion. Um, so, um, so yeah, good, good for Sterling for getting that undisputed title, but don't go the Tyron Woodley path. Don't start rapping. Don't start doing D level movies. Don't get your dick bit off by a raccoon on Netflix. <laughs> like, like don't, don't release a rap album. Don't, don't schedule a, a rap album release date for the day after your next title fight, just in case you lose like Woodley did. Um, so yeah. And then also, you know, don't go box somebody who's a YouTube celebrity that, can knock you out and then like basically like i'm pretty sure at this point tyron woodley is like he like signed to jake paul like he's like on like the jake paul boxing team now it seems like it's so funny how that's all worked out for him. so aljo don't go that route like you don't you don't have to do that so 
Yeah, yeah. Got the dub. Hopefully learned multiple lessons did one out Jermaine Sterling over this weekend. Uh, next up, probably the story of the show, man. And it's something with uh, Chimeyoff. He has been the story of every uh, every card he's been on. And then, of course, uh, a lot of fight, a couple fights he missed because of health issues. But didn't miss this one. The biggest win of his career. Chimeyoff defeats Gilbert Burns. Unanimous decision, 29-28 across all three judges. Uh, it seems, I mean, like, it feels with how everybody's talked about this, with how Dana Scott talked about it, is Chimeyov going to get a title shot, like, next? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Chimeyov and Colby. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, because they're doing they're doing Usman and Edwards, and they got to see how that plays out. And then uh, I think, yeah, I think they're trying to do Chimeyov versus, uh, versus Colby. And That feels like a big fight, though. That feels like a, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, heat, if you will, for, for that fight would be there for the audience. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And that's one that would be like a big main event for a fight night or like a big co-main event for like a big yep. title fight card or something. Um, You know, I'll say this. I saw a lot of people that are kind of saying like the hype train for Shemaev is kind of derailed now. And I completely disagree. Yeah. Gilbert Burns is a fucking great fighter and people aren't giving him enough credit for that. Um. You know, Burns, Bur people forget Burns dropped Usman in their title fight in the first round. Like, Bur I mean, Burns is, Burns is a, is a fucking killer. And he was the number two ranked guy in the division going into that fight. Um, it was just Usman, um, Usman, Colby, and then Burns. And, uh, and, you know, he's technically second because they don't rank the champion. But so third overall, best, best welterweight in the entire world, Gilbert Burns. And Tamayev was ranked, like, I think, I want to say, like, right outside of the top 10, like, maybe right on the on the bottom part of, like, top 15, maybe, just because he hadn't had big-time opponents, really. And right. this was a huge step up in competition. And I thought he still looked pretty damn good. Like, he didn't look like an unstoppable, completely unbeatable world killer like he has in all of his other fights that he wins in the first or second round by just absolute destruction. But... It's because he fought a dude who's a fucking another fucking world killer who won a round against him. This was a 29-28 fight, and I wouldn't have been mad if Burns won the decision either. Like there was the the rounds were close enough that like if they would have read Gilbert Burns won the fight at the end of the fight, I wouldn't have been mad about it. Like so, we got to give huge props to Gilbert Burns right off the bat. As far as Shmaev, you got to give him props too. Huge step up in competition and beats Gilbert Burns and proves he can go the distance. I think he might have some cardio issues to a degree. Um, not not like that he was out there like completely gassed, but in a fight with a guy like Colby, especially if it's a five round fight, like Chamayev's gotta be gotta be ready uh, cardio wise. Right? Because Colby's not gonna slow down. He's gonna stay in his face for five rounds, and he's gonna make you tired. Um, so I thought Chamayev's performance was was very impressive, considering he was fighting Gilbert Burns, um, and uh, and I thought Burns was really impressive, too, because he he landed some really big shots on Chemayev also, stopped some takedown attempts. Like, this was a really, really good fight. Dana White even gave Gilbert Burns his win money for this fight because it was such a good fight. So, like, um, so there's a lot of people that I'm seeing that are like, well, Usman would, would kill Chemayev and, like, Chemayev shouldn't. I mean, we, we've seen now, like, he's not ready for the title and all this stuff. And it's like, 
what do you mean? He just beat like the third best dude in the whole world. Like, you know, and, and if he fights Colby and he beats Colby, he's definitely getting a title shot and he definitely deserves it. On the flip side, I am choosing Colby in my predictions if the fight goes down. Oh. I just, yeah, I'm going to go with Colby if, if that actually gets signed. Because Now, Burns is way more dangerous on the feet than Colby is. Um, but Colby's volume, I, I think he can get Chamayev tired. And and Chamayev's not going to be able to just pick him up and ragdoll and wrestle him. Like, Colby's wrestling is too good to just get completely out-wrestled, I think. So, like... Um, but Shabayev has better better striking, like more powerful striking. He could maybe crack Colby. That's definitely possible. But with Colby's experience and his cardio and his wrestling ability and and, and his volume striking, like he's kind of like a Diaz brother striker where he just he hits you with like 50 percent punches, but he hits you so many times that like it fucks you up and they all they all add up. Um, and it throws off your, your your cardio and it throws off your breathing and all that stuff. And he you know, breaks your nose and you know all that stuff. So like. But uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of in a nutshell. I thought Chamayev was very impressive. I thought Burns was very impressive. I want to see Chamayev and Colby next, and uh, whoever wins that, because if Colby beats Chamayev, you got to do Colby and Usman three, undoubtedly. And here's the other, here's the kicker: Leon Edwards could beat Usman. We don't know yep. yet. So like, if if Edwards wins that fight, all of a sudden, Colby Covington just became the luckiest guy in the world. Cause like I think Colby, that's Col- that's Colby's chance at really winning a championship. Cause the Usman trilogy is what it is. But like, it, which was they've had great fights, and I want to see that fight again. I thought that they went to a draw in their rematch. I thought that was a super fucking close fight. But when you have your top, you're in a pretty good spot at welterweight. When you're when your top five fighters, we'll even go top seven because of the fight coming up this weekend. You got Usman as the champion. You got Colby right underneath him, who in my opinion is clearly the second best guy in the division. And then you have Leon Edwards, you have Chemaev, you have Gilbert Burns, you have Vicente Luque, and you have Bilal Muhammad. That those are you take those seven dudes, you can round robin that over and over and over again. I mean that those are there's so much talent there. Um, so and then right outside of that, Wonder Boy, Masvidal, I mean Magni, Chiesa, Sean Brady, all those dudes. I mean like welterweight's looking pretty damn good, and these guys all match up really interestingly against each other. So. Um, so yeah, like, I guess, how do you feel about the performance and him beating Burns? And then also, if they do Colby and Chemayev, it sounds like you might be leaning Chemayev based on kind of your reaction to me saying, I think Colby would win that. No, yeah, I, I thought uh, the same as you. I thought this was a huge step up. I think we, a lot of fans get kind of lost in the, uh, the hype and, and kind of the, uh, the who's the you know the, the the hot name right now so a lot of the top people I had friends telling me you know you know Chimeov in the second round in this and I'm like I I think you know I, I expected this to go to decision I expected this to absolutely be the toughest challenge of Chimeov's career and I honestly was not going to be surprised if Gilbert Burns did win um so when we did get the decision like going to it like you were saying you thought it could go either way i i honestly thought it could have been a split decision for either one um when they said unanimous decision i was like okay the the you know the hype train continues great win uh, what 11th fight i think in his career and uh and, and you look at name to name huge step up there um i think i think after watching the last two fights 
you're probably right that Colby should be the favorite. Um, I, I, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to lean Shemayov in that. I think he learned a lot in this fight with Gilbert Burns. Um, we've already seen him take, you know, take every opportunity, take these reps and come back better. Um, so I think he's going to learn from this opportunity, be even better. But I do think that that is a fight that a lot of people are, are much like this. If that does happen, if we get that fight, I think a lot of people are going to tune in expecting Chimeyov to maybe run through him. And uh, because I honestly think Colby hasn't got enough credit for how he's performed those, those fights with Usman. Like, um, I think a lot of people are going to underestimate Colby. And that's that's what's got me more nervous thinking about it now is like, that feels like such a spoiler role for Colby that um, it's almost too perfect. But I do, I agree that that is such a huge number one contender fight and a real challenge that if Chimeyov can can win over Colby Covington, I don't care how, absolutely put him there uh, with a shot at the gold. Yeah, yeah, and, and they, they have good options there at the top of the division right now. Because if I was Chimeyov or if I was Colby, I, I wouldn't sign anything at all until I yep. saw Edwards and Usman go down. Because if Edwards wins the title for Usman, you know, it, it's still going to be interesting to see what they do for the next challenger. But I think Colby lays claim to that. Like, I think he's already in a position where, like, I think everyone kind of agrees if Usman wasn't there, Colby would probably be the champion right now. So, like, if Edwards beat Usman, I would do Colby and Edwards um, probably for the title. And then I'd have Chimeyov fight uh, probably like the winner of Luke and Muhammad or something like that. Um, and then there's also Burns needs to be in the mix still, too. Maybe you do like Burns and Edwards or not Burns and Edwards because Edwards would be the champion. Uh, I, I also think you could maybe do Burns versus the winner of Muhammad and Luke next, like. They, they got a lot of good options there. Wonderboy's still kind of in the mix. Masvidal's still kind of in the mix. Um, and Masvidal-Edwards, of course, is a fight that we want to see, but Masvidal needs to get some quality wins before he gets a title shot, in my opinion. Um, but you could say the same for Chimaev, though, to a degree that you could say for Colby. Like, if Edwards goes in there and beats Usman, I could see them just giving a title shot to Chimaev now. And because he, he was supposed to fight Edwards before he got covid so you could still have that fight. And I think Chimaev is going to match up really, uh, really well against Edwards. All, all of these wrestlers are going to match up well against Edwards. Um, it's yeah. just going to be a matter of if Edwards can outstrike them and keep enough distance, which he might be able to do. Um, but I think it's just more likely that a guy like Usman, I mean, Usman's already beat him once before, but I think that Us, like a guy like Usman or, or Colby or Chimaev, they, they'd grab Edwards by the legs and, take him down and you know then it's they're in their world and it but i mean chamayev went you know eight spots up the rankings in this fight like that's how big of a gap it wow. was with 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 the competition so um so yeah they they have they have good options in my opinion and uh and yeah i guess i guess in a perfect world we can't really know until usman and edwards happens but even i mean even if edwards won the title i still think chamayev and in Colby is still a good idea because like it's a good idea and it's a bad idea. It's a good idea because it, it, it carves out a clear number one contender. It's a bad idea because it knocks off a contender because both of those guys could get title shots one after the other, in my opinion yep. too. Like they're both, they're, they both have earned title shots in my opinion. So 
Um, but Colby's had two title shots. She may have hasn't, you know, and that's part of this too, is getting fresh matchups and, and new challengers in there. So um, that said, I don't know what direction they go. I'm, as, I'm assuming Usman's going to retain over Edwards and that we will get Chimeyov and Covington for number one contender. And the winner of that will fight Usman next is what I'm assuming will probably happen. Yeah, that feels, that feels very much like the flow we're going. This was your uh, fight of the night, as everyone probably would have guessed looking at this. Uh, $50,000 bonus both to Chimeyov and Berms. Uh, Volkanovsky got one of your performance of the night bonuses, as did Alexi Olenek. And then this was the first time, kind of history here, there was a fan bonus of the night where three fighters got crypto bonus of the money, <laughs> with Shemayov getting 30000 Bitcoin dollars, Volkanovsky getting 20000 And oddly enough, Peter Jan, uh, you know, the loser in that title fight, he was the third place winner and got 10 Gs of Bitcoin money. Yeah, I would, I, I'm fine with. I mean, they're sponsored by crypto and stuff now. And, yeah, um, kind of yeah, cool. I'm, yeah it's, yeah, it's cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just more money or whatever you want to call it uh, for, for the fighters. Yeah, that they didn't have to like, like it's not coming out of their pocket or anything. And then they can they can convert that into American like U.S. dollars or whatever if they if they want to and stuff. So like, um, but I mean, I thought it was interesting too because you mentioned uh, like being favor like the potential favorite in like some of these fights. Back to the co-main, like, I think that Sterling is going to be, like, I think Dillashaw is going to be, like, a pretty heavy favorite on the betting lines against Sterling. I think every time Sterling defends the title, he's going to be the underdog. Um, unless it's against maybe Sandhagen, who he's already beaten. Ooh, so, yeah, clearly. that's kind of interesting to be in that spot as well. Um, but, yeah, for the bonuses, man, like, you mentioned Alexi Olenek. I, and speaking of underdogs, I think I saw on the broadcast that he has been the betting underdog in his last 11 fights straight. <laughs> and he, and he wins like most of those. Like, which is, yeah. Which is I was going to say, I'm looking now he's won. I mean, at least about half of those. And this was also his 60th career MMA win. Yeah. It's wild. And he, and I think wild. for, so he has like over 40 submissions, I think too. So, um, yeah, for, 47 submissions, <laughs> 47 submissions. That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, that was an awesome uh, one round fight. Like Vendera was like in control and looked like he was going to get finished early. And Olenek just great grappling and gets a scarf hold. This awesome stuff. I mean, basically it puts him like a CM Punk Anaconda Vice more or less, and like gets yeah. the gets the blood choke basically. I mean, that was that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, Julio Arce with the W at the beginning of the show. Uh, Rodriguez over Hanson. Um, let's see what else we had. Mike Malote over Mickey Gall. That that was a tough one to watch because I had a separate parlay going that Mickey Gall was involved in. I'm I'm such a Mickey Gall fan from yeah. He, he was, if if you look right here on this Fight Talk podcast feed that we're talking on, the first interview I ever did with any MMA fighter. I think maybe the first interview I recorded at all for this podcast was with Mickey Gall before he fought CM Punk. So I'm I'm always gonna be a Mickey Gall guy, but he got worked. Um. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe isn't in the UFC going forward. Um, Raquel Pennington with a big win over Aspen Ladd. Uh, Pennington continually or, or perennially is, is in the mix at bantamweight. Um, true veteran of the game and still performing at a really high level. Even though she loses quite a bit, it's always to like the top tier women. Um, oh. Anthony Hernandez with a good W. Ian Gary um, with a pretty dominant one-sided win over Darian Weeks. But like, 
also not quite as impressive as what you would hope from a guy who they're kind of trying to make into almost kind of the next Connor. Like, yeah. he's kind of like the Patty Pimblett kind of level of, he doesn't talk the same kind of trash as Pimblett or Connor, but I believe he's Irish as well, Ian Gary. And he's uh, and he's kind of like the next guy they're really trying to get the hype train behind. And, you know, a win's a win. Unanimous decision. He won all three rounds, in my opinion. Uh, one of the judges had a 29-28, but like, I mean, but but you're kind of going into it with the hype train thinking, like, you're going to, like, destroy this guy and, like, really make a name for yourself. Um, but once again, got the unanimous decision win. Um, Mark Madsen over Vic Pichel. Um, That was another one where Pichel was the betting favorite going into this fight. And I, I had Madsen on my parlay. I was like, I'm taking Madsen all day. Madsen is a, has been to the Olympics multiple times and... Uh, I think he's undefeated in MMA. He's probably he's some, somewhere around 10 and 0. I'd have to pull up his record real quick. Um, he is 12 and 0. Um, and yeah, he's looked really good. Grinds out a lot of decisions. Just real, just really tough, durable. Uh, has a lot of heart. Like can can get through these fights and and beat a lot of good guys. And then Mackenzie Dern over Tisha Torres. That was another good fight. Split decision. I feel so bad for Tisha because like this happens so often to her. Where I mean, but she but it's partly on her too like she she fights to a lot of decisions and a lot of the fights are really close and a, a lot of the time they just don't go her way but she has fought just the absolute list of killers um really? i remember at one point i'm pulling it up now but at one point she was on a four fight losing streak uh just a couple years ago and people were like oh man it's each tours falling off like and i'm like you look at her record and the four losses in a row are Jessica Andraj, Yanni on Jacek, Wiley Jean, and Marina Rodriguez. It's like this, it's like this, it's like you can't really fault anyone for that. And then the only other loss of her career is Rose Namajunas. So it's like, you know, but she's beaten, you know, Beck Rollins, Angela Hill twice, Michelle Watterson. Uh, she's beaten Rose Namajunas once. Uh, she beat Paige Van Zandt. So like, um, and then she was on a three-fight win streak going into this Dern fight over uh, Van Buren, Hughes, and Angela Hill the second time. So like. Split decision to Mackenzie Dern. Neither of their stocks drop. I think they're two of the best straw weights in the world. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Dern and Torres. I thought the fight was good, and I think uh, both of them still have bright futures in the sport, and both are title challenger level fighters. So like, um, so yeah, that kind of wraps it all up as far as 273. Uh, did you have any other shout outs you wanted to do for uh, for the card, or uh, jump right into just a quick prediction for this weekend? Yeah, man. Yeah, we hit. Uh, my only extra was I was going to shout out Alexi. We got that in. Um, yeah, hit hit us with the uh, main event this week. Obviously, like, like Steven said, not going to do a whole show on it. Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad, main event just a few days away, Steven Jensen. Yes, and what I'm going to actually do just really quickly, I'm going to go through the next few cards, just the main event, and just give a prediction since the next time we'll be on here will be when we recap the next pay-per-view. So um, I'm going to say... Man, Luke and Muhammad's tough because Luke has got great striking and really nasty submission game. Muhammad is super durable, great wrestler, good hands, super tough, beats really good guys. Um, I'm going to go Muhammad. I just got a feeling about his grappling in this one. I just have a feeling that like he's going to be in the dominant positions, but that's that's as close to a coin toss fight is I think you can get like that that's one that I would not be surprised if the odds were like really really close Luke I believe did beat Muhammad like years ago probably like five years or so ago um so this is a rematch but a lot has happened for both fighters since but I'm going to take Muhammad um what about you for a prediction for that one 
I'm actually going to go Luke, and it's mainly because coming off that performance that went over Kiesa, like I'm a big Bilal Muhammad guy, but I think I'm, I think Luke keeps the team going. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm with you. I mean, it's like that one's just that's so hard to call. Both so guys are, are so good. Um, like I said, literally, I could toss do a coin toss 50 50. And like, I think both predictions make sense. Um, you got Jessica or uh, Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Lemos on the next card. This is Lemos's first uh, UFC main event. She's on a five fight winning streak. Her last win over Angela Hill. I just think Jessica Andrade is going to be too much for her. She, I think she's going to have too much power and she's got too much experience and, you know, former champion and everything. So I'm going to take Jessica Andrade uh, the following weekend. And it sounds like you agree there. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, the next weekend, we got Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. This is a really interesting one. Uh, and this is like either of these guys could be really close up to a title shot at bantamweight. Uh, Font was on a four fight winning streak before losing to Jose Aldo recently. And Vera, of course, is the dude that everyone knows for beating Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, also has a fairly recent loss to Jose Aldo, but back-to-back wins over Davy Grant and Frankie Edgar. The Edgar knockout with the head kick was uh, was nasty. I'll, uh, I'm going to take uh, Cheeto. I'm going to take I'm going to take Marlon Vera over Rob Font, but I like that matchup a lot. What about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to go. I was going to say Font, but yeah, I think Vera has bounced back from that Jose loss. It's funny enough that's where Rob is right now. He's coming off that Jose loss. So uh, give me there, but like you're saying, man, that, that is an awesome fight. Yes, absolutely. And now I'm going to do, I'm just going to do UFC 274 real quick. The top five fights. I'm not going to give detailed descriptions, but we will review this show after it yeah, happens. For um, sure. I'm going to say, cause I think the card is going to be, so these are the five that I'm pretty sure are going to be the main, the, the main card. Um, I'm going to take Joe Lozon over Donald Cowboy Cerrone. What about you? Lozon, same. Lozon, I'm surprised. I know you're a big Cerrone guy. Yeah, um, I, I love Cerrone, but yeah, I think Lozon gets it. Yeah, uh, unbiased pick. I like that. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna take. We're both taking Lozon over Cerrone. Um, I'm gonna take Shogun Hua over OSP. OSP beat him the first time they fought, but it was a while ago. Um, so what about you? You got OSP or Shogun? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. Shogun as well because of where OSP the last two losses. I, I yeah, give me Shogun. Uh, we got Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. I think this is the most difficult one to choose on the card. Um, my heart's saying Ferguson, my mind's saying Chandler, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ferguson, even though I I think I should go Chandler, but I'm gonna go Ferguson. What about you? Yeah, uh, El Kakui mainly my bias because I, I that, yeah <laughs> yeah I yeah that's. Stylistically, it's Chandler's a tough fight for everyone in the division. But Ferguson, I mean, Ferguson lands a lot on his back. Like if Chandler takes him down, yeah. I think that Ferguson was going to land some pretty nasty elbows that like Chandler's not used to dealing with. Um, but yeah, so we both got Ferguson there. Um, Rose Nami Yunus and Carla Esparza uh, for the strawweight title. I'm going to take Nami Yunus to retain, but we have to remember Esparza did beat Nami Yunus to win the Ultimate Fighter to become the first champion at strawweight. So like. Uh, Esparza does have a win over Rose, but I think Rose is just on a different level now in another zone. But Esparza 100% has earned this title shot. Um, I'm going to take Rose. What about you? Yeah, champion stays. Yep. Um, but then once again, that's a great rematch. Esparza has more than done enough to earn her way to the title shot. And uh, main event, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje, lightweight title. 
Um, I, I'm going Charles Oliveira. Like I, he's, he's just in this league right now where I'm not going to, outside of maybe Habib, which we can't really count because he's not active. I don't think that any lightweight in the world can beat Charles Oliveira right now. And I got to stick with him over Justin Gaethje, but I'm a big Gaethje fan. If anyone's got knockout power to take out Oliveira, it's someone like Gaethje. Uh, but I got to stick with, uh, with Charles Oliveira. What about you? Oliveira or Gaethje? Yeah, I'm going Oliveira. I love the fight. Love Gagey. Um, I'm going Oliveira basically because since that he submitted Kevin Lee back in like 2020, I just it he's he's the best at that weight. I think he he's got more ways to do it. Give me uh, give me champion to retain. All right. Well, that'll do it. Good stuff. Hell yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, May seventh. Also, real quickly, the next pay per view, the one we just uh, predicted. Uh, also, uh, KOBK, my show will be on IWTV streaming live, blood on my jeans. So might as well as maybe a uh, dual screen, uh, anyone listening, watch a little wrestling at the same time. We're getting ready for the main card. Hell yeah. And also speaking of shout out this Sunday, Subgraphs, Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. yes. You're going to be on the call for that one. I will be me and Dylan Hells. That will also be live streamed, I believe, starting 2 p.m. Eastern this Sunday. Hell yeah. I always love Subgraphs, my favorite independent promotion. Um, I wish I could be there live. I don't think I'll be able to be, but at the very least, I will be watching on IWTV live uh, at 2 p.m. or whenever the show starts. Um, so yeah, that'll do it. Uh, anything left uh, from you, Mo's, before we sign off? If anyone out there listening, please follow me at Mo's Kobk. Glad to be back. Can't wait to recap that May 7th fight card. Absolutely. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T. T-A-L-K underscore. If you want to watch the uh, the wrestling shows that we were just talking about, check out independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. Use code FIGHTTALK in the promo code spot, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. All is one word, no spaces. Uh, it just helps IWTV know that you're uh, you're hearing about the service from us, and it just helps us out when you use that code. So, um, so yeah, for Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, I'm Steven Jensen. We'll be back uh, in a few weeks talking some more mixed martial arts.